welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of One Piece, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Hey, hey, today, at long last, we are discussing the Sabodi Archipelago, covering chapters 490 up to 513. And what a ride it was. What oh a ride God. it was. Jacob, oh my to God. tell me all about it. What do you think of it? Shimoni Archipelago. I, I have such a mix of emotions, because on one hand, I want to say I hate you, because last episode, <laughs> you had this, like, you know, you had, like, the shaking hands feeling of, like, oh, it's going to be a super oh, good art. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, rubbing so, my hands yeah. together, so, anticipating. So, yeah, so my stupid brain was thinking, oh, it's going to be a super fun action-packed arc, maybe someone like Zoro gets a really good hit in there, oh, it's going to be super it is, fun. It is pretty action-packed, I would say. It is, and then the last two chapters happened, you motherfucker, and then I got Reigns of Castamere on, still Red Wedding, and I'm, just, and I'm just sitting there with my cup of coffee, like, sitting by myself in the diner, like, Spongebob, just going, what did I read? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but then on yeah. the other hand, there is a shit ton of amazing world building. Sanji gets an amazing moment early on in this arc. We get potential, we get new characters. I thought we were going to get a Termin arc at some point. There was just so many thoughts going on, but let's let's try and get in there chronologically. Let's try and get there one. one yeah, so time. we kind of have it in sections. We've got the little mm-hmm. intro section before they get officially to uh, the Sabondi Archipelago, right? So let's talk about that first because it happens first. Yeah, very first thing that happens, uh, we get the reminder that like you know, because Nami brings it up to Luffy, like, "Are you sure you're not too worried about Ace? We can divert. It's fine by me." And then Luffy reassures us, it's the shonen trope, right? Where it's like, if we rescue him, he's going to hate us. Because it's a sign mm-hmm. of weakness. He doesn't want us going after him. He's fine. We're rivals at this point. Remember, we're pirates. So we got that out of the way. Um, they got an official party for Brooke. Officially welcoming as an official straw hat on the ship. That's fine. Yeah, Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of like a montage that I actually really did appreciate. Which was... You had, like, the Candy Storm Sea Raccoons. You had a round rainbow that was, like, a sphere or, like, a portal. Yeah. Uh, sea Snake Kerns, which I thought was super fucking trippy. And it was all, like, in one page before they eventually get to the wall, I guess you could say. And they test out their submarine, finally. And just little moments like that were just so great. Like, there was, like, a quick like, little, like, jabs of montage. And then, yeah. of course, Luffy says the one line. I didn't catch it the first time, obviously. The second time I gone through... I'm glad we got this far without losing anyone, and I'm just like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. When I read that this time, I was just like, yikes. Yeah, oh, I, didn't, god. I hadn't really realized that kind of, that Oda kind of telegraphed, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, they've done really good to get this far with, without losing anyone, and then all of a sudden. I'm, I'm not used yeah. to, I'm not used to, I'm not used to sudden death flags in one piece, so I did, it just brushed right by me. I was just happy with them. Um, yeah, and, and we're kind of conditioned to ignore those kind of things in regards to the, the crew, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, no rookie could possibly stand up, you know, to a, a warlord. You gotta just avoid them, and then, you know, Alabaster, and then they do. We get all these warnings all the time. It's like, oh, don't go there. And, you know, Luffy's or Sansa, you're like, ooh, sounds fun. Let's go. Yeah, old they do school, it anyways. And then old here, school shonen plot armor. Yeah, we, we, we're kind of used to that. Complete flip around. So that's, you know, interesting. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. We're getting there ourselves here. Um, yeah, flying fish rider section. Uh, we we get, got a Bob yeah. Marley starfish. Yeah, we got introduction to yeah, <laughs> exactly the, Bob Marley, the first mermaid we've ever seen, which was hilarious. Uh, yeah, Cami. Yeah, uh, I, I love that everyone kind of collectively agreed to just pretend that Kokoro was not a mermaid. Yeah, she didn't like, 
yeah, kind of messed Lu- up, but funny. Luffy accidentally, everyone else intentionally, and I was like, I was like, you guys are fucked up. At the same time, it's like, all right, whatever, we're moving on. And then we get also introduction. Like she to... saved your lives. She yeah, actually exactly. saved all of your lives except for Luffy, so he's the most justified. <laughs> exactly, and everyone else is so un- ungrateful because they're distracted by, oh, I got to saw granny tits. Oh, I hate that. And it's like <laughs> you would have yeah. died, and then like would you rather have died or seen that? And then you know everyone like Sanji is just like. I think I would have died. <laughs> Motherfuckers. But um, I think the highlight <laughs> of the first third of this arc comes with the uh, temporary villain that we get. Where, yeah. oh, first off, uh, Hachan, the octopus, way back in Arlong right. Park. He's back. He had his pre-chapter stories that we didn't mention long ago, but if you were reading through the manga, yeah, we, we, we briefly mentioned it at some point, and we actually met Kami there, believe it or not, and she was in those cover stories as well, because uh, I think Kachin mm. saved her from the stomach of some other creature, right, in that story? She has, she has a knack of getting herself eaten up by a bigger fish like that. Definitely. And... <laughs> and um, and we actually get some good characterization where, like, it's very clear throughout that little first third that Nami still hasn't forgiven him for what he's done. Even though he is definitely a changed, better person, it's realistic to assume that, yeah, you can't just forgive all, like, all the horrors that you've gone through all that time. It kind of reminded me of Katara from Avatar a little bit, where her whole character arc was, I can't forgive the monstrosity that happened, but I can do a little bit of healing here and there, right? Yeah. So with Nami in this case, you know, it's like, I can't forgive Hachan for what he did, but I can at least appreciate what he's doing now, like cooking us food and helping us out. Anyway. Yeah, Nami Nami's very emotionally mature about this, in, in yeah. this moment. It was us, I was also worried about the trope of, like, she would just go, oh, I forgive you. And it's just like, that's not a realistic approach. That's like 10 years of suppression that you had to handle, go through, and then that guy was a part of it. So, no, I didn't expect her to forgive him, and she doesn't. So I was, you yeah. know, very happy that Oda decided to go with that route and not the yeah. typical, like, it was, oh, I forgive you kind of thing. Yeah, it was so like, it was really, it was good. It was it, very in character. It, it works for Nami. It's kind of how I would have expected her to react. Mm-hmm. If I probably, if I could have anticipated, you know, a reunion like this. So I liked yeah. it. I thought it was good. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, Hachan does his thing and help out because he is, in fact, moving on. He's with uh, Kami and uh, Papuga, uh, Papagu. Papagu, yeah. Papagu. There's a U at the end, right? Uh, yeah, Papagoo. You get Papagoo Papa is, is is the way they say it as well. Bob Marley. I'll just call him Bob Marley. Let's be honest here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they all request the straw has to help out because you know Hachan's captured, and then we get to run into the uh, the flying fish pirates. They have, I guess, airplanes exist. Their version of you know uh, fantasy planes that you could say are they on air dials? I'm not sure because we found waivers in the past, but they had air dials to help them out. And this one, it's well, they're flying fish. Don't question it. And we eventually get introduced to uh, subverting expectations since we're talking about our Game of Thrones references here. Haha. Ha. Um, <laughs> I really thought Iron Mask Duvall was Don Krieg. His oh, introduction, man. his because yeah. he was all like poisoned weapons, armored up. I'm yeah. like, is, did Krieg catch up? What the hell is going on? He calls out Sanji. So I thought, oh, okay, it's personal. It's got to be Krieg, right? Or maybe the first hand guy that you know that weird pearl guy, first hand mate guy, right? And then the big reveal happens. <laughs> Before, real quick, I want to say how nostalgic <laughs> this part was for me. Because this is the this is the first arc, Shibondi, that I got to read caught up, like, in the manga. This is around the time when I caught up in the manga. It was right around here. Ah. So I got to see all these crazy throwouts. Like I started, I was on forums at this time. I was, it was called Arlong Park Forums, an older one. I think it's actually still up, but I don't, I don't use oh, wow. it really much anymore. But, uh. 
Yeah, so people, just all the theories about, like, who Duval was, like, an ex-enemy, you know. A lot of people were thinking Krieg because of the Arsenal kind of style attacks that he did, That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just all those theories was phenomenal. And believe it or not, <laughs> I did see one person that was like, I think this guy looks like Sanji's wanted poster. <laughs> and he no was way. right. So yeah, that <laughs> reveal, that, for, that reveal was phenomenal. Yeah, it was, it, it was another... Another like uh, like a f- hilarious moment, also slightly world building too, because it's like it wasn't the artist or the eyewitness who was wrong. It's as of course the world government intel was wrong because they're like, oh, that's totally the guy, right? Yeah, totally, it's mm-hmm. close enough. Yeah, because they didn't have the photo of him. And then <laughs> you people mistake me for you. You son of a bitch! I'm going to take you down. And then it ultimately ends with like another hilarious quip and something that I'm so happy about. The, the hilarious bit, again, is it turns out Sanji's kicking is, in fact, has another uh, benefit to it, which is facial reconstruction. Last time it was at Water 7, right, where he fought the chef and then he re- reorganized his face via kicks. Right. This time he does it again, but instead of the opposite effect where the guy is like, you ruined my face. Duvall's like, you turned me beautiful in my true form. <laughs> I should get a white horse. I need a mirror. Like, he's gone full narcissist at this point. Yeah. But uh, I think it was right before. Can you blame right him? That, that that was a pretty fat glow up. No, I don't blame him at all. The funny part from the first time was the guy was saying, oh, you made me ugly. And it's like, dude, you're beautiful now. <laughs> you're gorgeous. <laughs> and Duvall's embracing it. But the second time is there was a, a bit within the action where Sanji was captured by the flying fish and he was pulled down by the nets, right? Very gruesome death trying to drown the guy. Uh, Kami gets free and swims to rescue The second him. time Sanji has been attempted to be drowned for the Horribly so, yeah. But this time, he is in fact, uh, you know, the first time introduction with Kami, right? She just literally falls from the sky, falls on him, and he thinks, oh, it's a gift from God, right? This time, and I, this is my headcanon, I don't care if anyone disagrees with me on this, I think when she rescued Sanji, she did the the mermaid thing of kissing him to give him air. Because when he came back on the surface, his nose was completely bloody. He didn't say anything. He was super happy. Everyone saw he was happy. They didn't show it, though. (laughs) But there's a cut, right? Because the last time we see that action going on, uh, Kami was going in to rescue him. And then the next panel, we see the guys tangled up in their own net. And then they're like halfway back to the surface. So my headcanon is we didn't see it because Oda likes teasing, right? Like, we give Sanji a hard time all the time, including myself. But when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, he got some tail. He finally got some tail. I'm so happy for Sanji. <laughs> I was so happy for him. <laughs> Even I'm if like, it was headcanon, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it too, like, because it, it's not the same, right? Where it's like, oh, he's just that happy because he was smothered in her boobs while he was being like carried up. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. the that's the icing and on the cake. I, I want to mention, I did mention it to you because mm-hmm. you do see in the panels here, uh, like in between, I think it's chapter four ninety four and four ninety five is when the Duval reveal happens, and we see like after the reveal, the, when it happens, everyone's kind of you know stunned, like. Frankie is comically laughing or crying, like because yeah. he's touched by this guy's tragic story. Yeah. So at first, right, everyone's <laughs> shocked, and then you reminded me of the second chapter, and I actually took a picture of this, but going through the notes, I forgot about it. But yeah, like at least Brooke, he was like pointing, laughing. They're like two peas in the pod. Look at the look at them. They're like little twins. It's so hilarious, and I was giving shit for it while the the all the beatdown was going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, you do see like Brooke especially is the one I remember because when I watched that anime episode. His voice actor, the laugh 
the laugh that he <laughs> delivers, like, straight at Duval's face there, just hit for me so hard. <laughs> so shout out. And the dub as well. I've heard the dub version of that laugh, and it's equally as good, if not better. I think I, yeah, I, think you, I prefer the dub, personally. You're, you were telling me that, yeah, the dub actually nailed I think, it. I think it was. might be, uh, it might be, like, a cultural thing. Whereas, like, the just, like, the timing and the way, like, he kind of stops in the middle of his laughing, like, takes a breath and then continues, like, really oh, shrill. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something about yeah. it that, like, connects to the way that we would, like, Western, like, a laugh and how it normally plays out versus how it plays out in this situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's something there, I think, that affects why I really prefer that, that Western laugh. Okay, that, that's a definitely an advantage for the anime, because in the manga, it was just simply like a bubble going yo-ho-ho-ho, ho, right? So right. the anime took advantage of that and just exploded upon that. So that's a, that's a fantastic little addition. Um, so yeah, the first third of this arc is just very simple, very fun. Um, the highlight goes to Sanji, obviously. He got some tail. You you cannot convince me otherwise. He did not at least get a little uh, air kissy, right? It, it took him 500 chapters, okay? Let him have this, okay? It's fine. Um, I'm we'll make fun of him again later. We'll make fun of him again later. <laughs> Another time. But now's not the time. So they finally um, get to uh, Sabodi, right? Get the Sabodi Archipelago, where you just see bubbles just floating everywhere. It's like very tall trees, bubbles flying everywhere. A little reminder that the laws of physics with each island are only within their spheres. So they, they, uh, Hachan and the other fishermen, they admit that this area is a tourist trap for a lot of pirates and sailors. Because people forget, like, oh, these bubbles pop as soon as you leave the bubble. The the, the, the sphere, right? The invisible sphere where the, right. the laws of physics apply. So you get, like, the expensive handle to go with it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Even Luffy is like, I don't care. I want to buy this thing. <laughs> where it's like, no, but the bubbles pop. It's a tourist trap. And it actually completely makes sense because all points on the Grand Line converge on this point. So, yeah, this would be, like, the... Like the marketing place where it's like, yeah, right. it's just throwing like fucking traps. Or, it's like, kind of like like Log Keychains. Town, but going into the New World. Yeah, the halfway is what point it seems like mm, the halfway point for sure. Uh, it's sort of like uh, I guess like Cape Town in South Africa, I guess, where it's like if you're going around that continent to India from Europe, like that Cape Town's gonna like the halfway point. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that would be like I kind of like the halfway point for this point. Um, but yeah, Sabodi is Sabodi is very interesting where yeah. it first starts off with like i mentioned right tourist trap right it looks very fun looks very exciting there's even a cool theme park to get you excited but right away there is a really dark undertone to this and i spotted it right away even before robin was like there's a dark history to this place i don't know exactly what it is before mm -hmm. she tells us later on but hachan's covering up his tattoo on his forehead cammy's like in the hoodie that uh, Hachan's wearing, so she hides her tail, and he's constantly going, do not question whatever the the wealthy do, the celestial dragons, whatever they do, don't question it, don't look at them, move on. And I'm like, what is this fear going on? And then you just see, oh my god, there's slavery. Oh my god, it's just so... like, Okay, so there's slavery going on, the nobles, they purchase those slaves from human trafficking, or whatever, or even first man trafficking. They... Because they're so uptight, they're so it's the it's the kind of 
perfect example of what you hate in a rich person, where it's like they don't care about life; they just want their next new toy. Yeah, they're they're condescending to to an extreme. To they're literally wearing helmets extreme. so they don't have to breathe the same air as commoners, quote unquote. That was the worst fucking part. That was yeah, the they, worst. They used the bubbles on the island to literally give themselves like their own little. Like, it looked like an astronaut helmets almost, where it's like, we are too pure, we are too clean, we don't want to breathe even the same air as even the workers here. And these nobles are, like, uh, playing with their slaves, and a slave that was, like, a wanted pirate worth 60 million berries gets shot and killed because they try to run away, and their, their explosive collar exploded on them because it snapped the chain, and they try to run away. And then the noble's like, I want a giant slave. And the dad's like, well, you need to have a child first so you can, so you can take care of it. Like, if it was a dog. And then she goes, no, they're too weak. And I'm just like, oh my god, kill these people, please. <laughs> just kill yeah. them, please. Uh, but yeah, they it, are, they're so instantly hateable. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely agree with that. I hated, I think that, uh, what's it, that noble that got that punch, his name's Charlos, right? St. Mm. Charlos. They're all called Saints as well, which is another, like, oh, man, that's frustrating. He's not even worth my breath. I forgot his name. It just, just, like, just flush it out of your brain. He's not even worth the memory, dude. Um, but the parts I'm bringing up. Are... I want to remember everything. <laughs> I want to remember, I, I like to rem- <laughs> I like to remember the names of the people who get what's like, coming to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I bring that up, too, is that this is actually surface level world building. Because a reminder that uh, Sabodi is right next to the world government headquarters, basically their capital building. Uh, it's Mary Jo. Is it Mary Joa? Yeah. 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 Um, Close enough. Yeah. And you probably think, yeah. And so further and further through this arc, they're going, okay, the, it's, the region is divided into seven regions. Uh, no, uh, the, the groves 1 through 29 are lawless. And it's like, wait, why is there a place lawless so close to the capital? And then you realize, wait, human trafficking, the wealthy, oh my god. It's the government turns a blind eye intentionally because, hey, the nobles are happy this way and their royal bloodline, quote unquote. Let's just let them do it. And on top of that, if you go back to the flying fish gang, the people who are catching the mermaids, the people, they're fishmen themselves. And we get revealed later on by Robin that... Fishmen were slaves back in the day, and it was only about 200 mm. years ago that slavery was frowned upon and, quote-unquote, you know, made illegal. But you can clearly see the social hierarchy here, where the fishmen have no opportunity, no way to actually make a name for themselves, or, you know, to actually uh, raise themselves up from the slums. And so they're forced to turn to crime like this, like human trafficking, the worst fucking crime possible. And then on top of that, the government turns a blind eye as long as they're serving the noble. So it's like this horrible cycle of the poor stay poor. And if they get caught, they get tried. They get uh, executed. And the nobles just go, we were just going along with what was existing. Right? And what would you question? I'm a celestial dragon. Yeah. So Oda was incredibly clever with these few chapters going, this is how the corruption works with the royal yeah, government. Yeah, let me piggyback further. <clears throat> this arc... This is for the first time actually showing us that the the morality or apparent subjective morality that the Marines are protecting is quote it's a bad one, right? We can see it definitively here that it is they kind of seem like they're basically underlings of these nobles 
and yeah. really they're more on a payroll and it doesn't seem like they're actually the ones in charge is the vibe that I get and it's more mm. like these nobles are in charge and these guys are just I want to say objectively evil terrible people but you know mm. there's a whole the, philosophical debate to be had there the navy men and the marines are defending the status quo and the wealthy they're not protecting the people even though they say they are yeah but we'll not get yeah, too we deep see, into that I think here especially is highlighted that they are kind of bad the, the oh government. they're even the more higher than before you know yeah at the very least the higher-ups are incredibly corrupt because there's a point later on in this arc where we literally go to a human trafficking auction amphitheater or you know just a theater and and then the navy men have to correct themselves and they go oh the human traffickers oh i mean the the immigration center or something like that they try and adjust it where it's like uh human resources or something like that and it's like oh my god you motherfuckers <laughs> you're not even like b pretended to be blinded you're just correcting yourselves because you don't want to get the boot because you're comfortable where you are so you're just going along with the status quo like jesus christ in a few chapters oda shows off yeah this is how corruption works. <laughs> yeah, and we take get, advantage. Like, he he wants to give us a very clear view of this, obviously, because that's well, I mean, moving forward, that's what the whole arc revolves around. They're kind of messing around, shopping around. They need to find someone that can put a bubble on their ship. Basically, I think is the idea, right? That'll let them go the coating, in the water. Yeah. It'll the coating let them, or a bubble, yeah, something. I it'll coat their ship and let them go to Fishman Island. They need to find the person that can do it. And Kami, mermaid, very mm -hmm. uh, rare, high fetch price on the slave market for mermaids gets captured and taken to yeah. a slave market. <laughs> mm -hmm. So unfortunately, when they were having their fun at the uh, the theme park, which I do appreciate one little panel before it gets really dark. Um, they were going through the theme park, right? They're having fun. The fishermen were, you know, enjoying being treated as equals. You know, that's a normal thing people would like to have. And. They went on the teacups, and that was the thing that drove them to be so sick and nauseous before Cammy got kidnapped. Right. But I appreciated that it was the teacups, because if you've ever been to a theme park, everyone knows you're not a man until you've survived the teacups. <laughs> <laughs> because if you go Back. on the good teacup rides, where you're allowed to, you know, grab the center of the... Yeah, of like yourself. The, yeah, of the middle of the cup that you're in, and you can spin it manually as fast as you can spin it while the ride itself is going... You're, You're also a man not a man that. if you don't spin it as fast as you physically can. Yeah, so. if you just if you just sit there and and just enjoy the view, and it's just like, why are you here? Okay, get a refund and get the hell out of the park. Okay, you're not you're not there to get the teacups. Anyway, but yeah, I appreciated that Brooke and Luffy did that, and they're even Brooke were super nauseous, and mm -hmm. you know that, and that was the enough for the the tragedy to happen. But and I also appreciate Robin, of course, knowing right away that yeah, there's something fucked about this island, and then she was able to give the exposition to nominate oh, yeah. and also the whole details. Right before that, we did meet Shaki, the bar owner. Right, who she revealed to us some very, in my opinion, very interesting, intriguing set of characters. Nine new characters, to be exact, all kind of oh, name yeah. dropped back to back. And they are all references to real-life pirates. There's even one of the chapters, if you read them. Almost the all of them, yeah. Almost Actually, it might actually, you might be correct. Criminals. 100% of them are references to historical figures, right? Yeah, historical figures. Yeah. Uh, not all of them are pirates. There's at least one for sure that's not a pirate, but they're still a criminal. Or at least history, because um, we have we do have Trafalgar Law, who is referenced to the Battle of Trafalgar, of course, which we talked about before recording also. Oh, sorry. The name is a reference, but the actual 
figure he designed him is actually based off of, according to him, uh, Edward Lowe. So he still designed the characters to be based off real life people. So you're not right. Wrong. He does that a lot. Like, oh, uh, like yeah. the Admiral Kizaru was telling you, you said he looked, he had like a certain look about him. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's actually based off an old, you know, Japanese like actor that I'm pretty yeah, sure is a samurai film. Yeah, the Admiral we get to see later, uh, Kizaru, is that his name? Yeah, yes. Man, Admiral, the three Admiral names always trip me up, no matter how long I've been reading or watching <laughs> One Piece. I'm always like, yeah. is that Kizaru? Is that Akahimu? Like, yeah, this one's Kizaru. Yeah, so Kizaru, I think I told you, look like a Grand Theft Auto character. Because I imagine, like, all, like, the advertisement for Grand Theft Auto, where it's, like, you know, colorized, and it looks like from a graphic novel, almost. Yeah. It, with his lips always sticking out at a certain angle when he's speaking, it's, like, super exaggerated, almost Italian. So I'm, like, yeah. thinking, this is, like, a, like a mafia guy. Or, like, from yeah, he, I think he's very clearly, I would well, say, supposed to be, like, in-world version of Italian. Yeah. Like, in the same way that, I don't know if you know this, that Oda says that Luffy, if he were a real person, would probably be, like, Brazilian, you know? Which, it, it makes sense to me. <laughs> like that that actually, up. that, that kind of does. The, the the cut pants, the open vest, straw hat, yeah. it, it kind of fits, yeah. Or at least Caribbean, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, so we get to meet the... Actually, I'm glad you brought up the bartender. Uh, before you continue on about the next portion that I want to bring up, too, is for Mass Effect fans... Do you guys imagine this character sounding like Matriarch Athena? Uh, for those, I know Justin, I know you haven't played Mass Effect. Yeah, no, I feel but, I'm out of the loop for the first time. <laughs> the, there's a bar owner in on Ilium in Mass Effect 2, and she appears again in 3, where she has, she has a very raspy, like, smoker voice. And it's cause, and then this bartender, she's the same thing. Like, she's older, she's smoking, but she's also a badass because she's obviously able to hold a bar at the middle point of the Grand Line. So I like to think she's, like, the same voice. We're just like, welcome back, guys. <laughs> you guys... Yeah, it's funny thing. Sorry, no sex. Just cleaned up the bar. <laughs> that's a quote that the character says. So that's the voice I imagine she had. But what any she of the the up, supernova or the super rookies, which also shout out to you know us finally getting to the super rookies after having called titled you the super rookie for the whole mm-hmm. read through. Any any of the the supernovas super rookies slash that uh you're intrigued by or interested in. Uh, well, power-wise, they all in- they all intrigue me in some way, in the sense that, oh yeah, I could definitely see why you got this far. But the one that definitely caught my eye, the first off, were, uh, there was the one that was from Skypiea. He was, like, a giant monk. He got larger, I think, with more power he got. Yeah. Uh, was it Eroge? It's Eroge, yeah. Eroge, I think. Apparently, he's based off a Turkish pirate. That's badass. And then, but obviously, the one that got my attention, of course, was fucking Capone. We're like, right. you don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is like, based off a of pirate, and then this guy is like, oh no, he's a, he's a gang 20s gang. mob boss. <laughs> Capone gang, babe. <laughs> Capone king. With the incredible power of, I think his power is just simply able to shrink any number of people, hide him in his, you know, his, you know, his 20s mafia jacket, his suit, and everyone surrounds him. And then everyone, like, opens up like they're, like, on a Death Star where they're opening up the panels of his cloth and they're shooting the cannons yeah. out. Or the cavalry charging out. And everyone's like, where are these tiny horses? And I have the a next very panel, distinct life of being so confused in, in that scene of in this chapter <laughs> when this came out. I was like, what is, what is Gang Beige? What's go-? I didn't know his name, obviously, at the time. I was like, what is this guy doing? What's oh, I, I, just, I just call him Capone even before his name was Capone because he was just straight up like that's just Capone. <laughs> yeah, dude. it's pretty pretty obvious. That's just him. <laughs> that's Looking just him. him. That that is a mafia man. That is a mafia man. Uh, okay. you were saying sorry. Cool, cool. Oh, that I was just asking 
I mean, that's kind of the end of it. Which ones you thought were interesting? Anyone else? Yeah. Capone was the one that caught my attention. Um, I guess Jewelry kind of did, too, because she reminded me of Orihime from Bleach, where she can eat endless amount of food and not get fat. Because Jewelry is just yeah. like walking embodiment of just gluttony and just eating nonstop. Um, I would and say if she also seven... stands out because sorry for interrupting. She's That's like right. uh, she's one of only I think of the th- I'll say three other supernovas because uh, Kid and his first mate are both supernovas, right? The sword guy, long long blonde hair. But she's so. one of the only couple supernovas that interacts with the Straw Hats because she meets Zoro and kind of <laughs> saves him, quote unquote. She right. really saved that celestial dragon, though. Is what happened. Yeah. Let's be uh, real. Oh yeah, shocker! By the way, Zoro gets lost again because a bubble was in the way when you're <laughs> looking at the sign, going, "See, Zone yeah. One. I know how to get back here." And it's actually forty-one. <laughs> I saw a funny, like, half meme theory this week mm-hmm. that uh, Zoro has no sense of direction, or that his sense of direction is getting worse and worse because that is the curse of the Sandai Kitetsu to make him aimless. Which, mm. you know, I thought that was funny. Oh, fan theory. Okay, meme yeah. theory. Okay, yeah, I get yeah, it, yeah. I get it. <laughs> and the more legendary swords he carries, the more the power is amplified. The more the, the curse yeah, is Yeah, because amplified. his direction does seem to get worse and worse as time goes on. To be fair, it wasn't his fault this time. He just was too impatient to wait for the bubble to go away. Mm-hmm. At this time it was. But either way, yeah. So we get introduced to, yeah, the term of the rookies. And we mentioned it before, but we loved how in the world building sense that the 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 islands that we're going through is one set path. Like if you're playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons or any RPG, this is just one path that you're taking. The Straw Hats are taking this one path, and the bartender, uh, she reminds us that there are all these different possible paths, and all the rookies came along their own paths. You guys never convened until now, so you're all meeting up at this point. And you have to find a way, some way or another, to get through the, you know, the Navy HQ, whether it's over or under or through, to the New World. And at this point, I really thought, we're going to get a tournament arc, aren't we? I thought, this was your <laughs> handshaking right yeah. here. Because everyone loves a good tournament arc, It man. really does. It, I, can, I can understand, and I see why, and you're not the only one, people thought this was building up to a potential tournament arc. Because mm-hmm. the the early, like, some of the things they're saying, like, early on in this arc, where they're like, oh, the survival game that led you all to here is about to end. And you know what I mean? Like, things like that. Like, yeah, the first half one, of Grand Line was one, one big survival game. And one kind of final, puts it your head. Yeah, one final tournament in the old world of the Grand Line. Prove your mettle. And then you have maybe a chance to survive the new world. Kind of that yes. mentality. It's a, it's a very really small leap to get to that potential like tournament or you know, some kind. Yeah, right? but, and the winner of the tournament gets to go through Fishman Island or whatever. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be something like that going forward. It could still be. Who knows? But yeah, I, I really don't know at this point. But yeah, at this point, I was really thinking we're gonna get a tournament arc. But of course, we have. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, Cami gets kidnapped, and now the Straw Hats are convening and working together with the Fishmen you know, Bob Marley and Hatchin, to rescue her from these despicable, disgusting, weasley little celestial dragons. Just fuck these guys. (laughs) Oh, like, and the worst part, too, is that she got kidnapped by, like, the equivalent of the Three Stooges, or at least close to it, because there's just three, like, silly-looking fishman dudes, and the guy in the middle is like, ah, these guys are a pain, ah, these guys are hard to work with, and it's like, if these guys had more screen time, they'd be smacking each other the whole time. But, eventually... Who uh, do you think has the coolest epithet of the supernovas? 
Did any of those stick out to you? Uh, you mean design-wise, or what do you mean? No, no, the, their title. Like, we had the Massacre oh. Soldier, Killer, Mad Monk, Rouge, Rogue, or whatever. I did not write down their titles. Can you? Do you have the titles? I don't have their titles. Uh, so, ooh, man, I have such a, if I can off the top of my head think of all of them. Bonnie, I, mean, I think, is it's called Big Eater. Big Eater, Jewelry, Bonnie. You've got Magician, Basil Hawkins. That's the... That's yeah, that's the, you know, foretelling, fortune yeah. telling guy. If you, yeah, once you say their names, I'll know who they are, because I have the pictures and their names, but I don't we have got, the titles. Right, we got Eustace. He doesn't really have an epithet, it's just Eustace. His epithet is Captain. Eustace Captain nope. Kid. That's the worst one. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. And then you yeah. got uh, Roar, of, Roar of the Sea, Scratch Manapu. That's the music, you know, guy that made his arms into flutes I or whatever. I think that might be my favorite, but go on. That's Roar pretty good. Sea. Roar of the Sea that, is a good title. That's fucking great. <laughs> and then we got, as I said, Mad Monk, Rose, you mm-hmm. Massacre Soldier, Killer, and you got Red Flag, X Drake, and then... Is this the other one? Who else? How many was uh, that? What's Capone's? Uh, Capone just, Gang. Gang, yeah. It's kind of oh, like, it's just Gang? Oh, God. Because his name's Capone Bades. Capone Gang Bades is what they call him. Oh, yeah. Law, Law, Surgeon of Death. <laughs> That's my favorite. Ah, uh, Surgeon of Death. Uh, yeah. It's definitely Roar of the Sea. It's Roar it, of the Sea or Surgeon of Death, yeah. Roar of the Sea is my favorite with Mad Monk and Red Flag being my uh, tie for second, to be honest. Because I love just Red Flag, Black Leg, like colors and nouns, because mm-hmm. it just fits their character, if you know their story. Um, but Roar of the Sea, I, I have a personal like for, I guess, now, because it reminds me of, I think, the soundtrack for Shadow of the Colossus was called Roar of the Earth if I recall, and that was always such a badass name. Roar of the Sea just sounds equivalent to that, so I'll go with Roar of the Sea. Maybe we'll see him again in the future, maybe we won't, Uh, who knows. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hard to say. Hard Hard to to say. say. Um, But basically, let's, we can uh, talk about the auction house, right? Which all this, we've talked about kind of, or is there something before that? uh, Yeah, so after the bar, after the kidnapping, we get to the amphitheater, where the Straw Hats at first try to lay low. They try to participate right in the purchase, the buying. After they all meet up to try and rescue her slow, slightly that way because they've been warned over and over again by Hachan, do not interfere with the status quo. As soon as you do, you're going to be called on. Not exactly I a thought it was call. funny that they were kind of split in two groups as well. Like yeah, the ones that on are the there at the auction house initially are the reasonable Straw Hats. It's like yeah. Nami and Sanji and... Frankie, maybe? Frankie's not that reasonable, but I think he was there as well. So it makes sense to be like, okay, Nami's like, we're going to try and buy them, right? But I think, I just think it's kind of a, almost a meta observation that, as because we know that they're not going to just be able to buy her back, and then of course in not. the background, we've got Robin and Luffy and Zoro like, all incoming towards the auction house, which, I, I like the yeah, you know, Lu- the, the whole scene set. Luffy literally crying, don't start without me before I, oh yeah, man, that wall. Don't you start, man. Because <laughs> he wants to break through. But yeah, they try to go through, and obviously the money they have is not enough, where Nami's it's, literally it's planning like on spending when we lot. know something the readers don't, or the, the people in world don't. The readers know something that they don't. Like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we know coming into this, when they say initially that, like, oh, don't do anything to those people, just let it happen. Like, it's kind of a, that's the red herring almost, but we expect something to happen. And we know, because we know Luffy, that he's we not know just going to sit back and do nothing. <laughs> you know, he's not to just going to sit there and let him, like, attack his friend his, or something. To Luffy's credit, he did hold it back multiple times in this arc. Yeah. He did. Before. He did. He did. He did. To his credit. 
obviously there was a tipping point. Well, where... let me let me make a note of something real quick while we're here uh-huh. and we're in our discussion phase. Uh-huh. Luffy, Luffy's morality to me is incredibly interesting mm-hmm. because I do not consider him a hero at all. He's because the the couple of times when he, if we want to say he was holding himself back, because it was there were kind of random people, quote unquote, you know, around. That is getting, true. Getting messed up, and he really didn't seem to care that much. He was looking at it with like a "Wow, that's messed up" face, but yeah, he, like, he wasn't he, quite ready to throw hands like he would if it was a friend of his. You know yeah, what I mean? He, did, he didn't cross me or my crew, so I can let this one slide. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I just, I just think it's interesting plotting like Luffy. He kind of will like let things happen to, to uh, random people around or let things get destroyed. But it's his goal and it's his friends that really are the only things that matter to him. Yeah. And by the way, this is not a detriment to the character. He is a pirate. It's kind of to be expected. You don't expect I don't, him to Yeah, be like I wouldn't this. even necessarily say it's a flaw. I think it makes Luffy more interesting. Yeah, exactly. He's not Deku from My Hero. He's not the world's greatest hero, right? Or All Might. He's a pirate, for fuck's sake. But he's a pirate with a heart of gold who cares about his crew or people who are good to his crew, like Hachan. Exactly. So, so therefore, when Hachi starts getting it, then it's, it's all cards on the table. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. So the pirates convene, right? We see we get a little glimpses of like this this mysterious bearded character, whoever this guy may be. Who knows? He's probably nobody. And while this is going on, though, we also get like news of like the government plans to execute Ace publicly. Which will start a war with at least the Whitebeards, who is one of the four emperors. We got this uh, uh, reveal. I'm not sure if this is before. Or after. Right, I think we, I got the, we got the emperor's away. reveal, right? Officially. Yeah. And then we get another glimpse again of uh, Doflamingo, I think the guy's name, where he's because mm-hmm. he was. It turns out that he, uh, the pirate lords, were also in on the human trafficking operation. But Flamingo himself was like, eh, it's all last year. It's okay if you guys go under. Don't call me again. Yeah, I'm gonna like, get, you can I'm, just keep that shop for yourself. Take all the profits. Peace out. Yeah, because I'm going to be a part of the upcoming Warlord War with the Warlords and the Navy versus the Whitebeards. So that's another, like the next step, right, of like this yeah. amplification, what we got earlier with Ace and Blackbeard. We got this escalation going on. But yeah, so Amphitheater, back to the Amphitheater. Um, so... <laughs> So, unfortunately, Hachan is desperate. He tries to intervene. Oh. And I think... What's... Who, who's the prick's name again? The Saint? I, I, I think it's Saint Charlos. Oh, God. Fuck. He pulls out... Just like his sister earlier, he it, just pulls out a gun Saint, and just shoots Charlos. him. Yeah, he just shoots him cold blood to stop him. And we get this horrible moment where Hachan... You know, he's on death's door. He thinks he's about to die. And he's still pleading Luffy and everyone... Because Luffy is fuming at this point. Because, you know, you cross someone who's good to the us, you cross me. And Hotchin's pleading, again, please don't hurt him, please. It's not the best thing. And then he goes through, like, his, you know, his confession phase of the death store. Where he's like, please, like, I was just trying to be good to Nami. I was trying to be make it up to her. I'm trying to just do the right thing. I know I've done some terrible shit in the past. I'm just trying to do my octopus fritters shop. I'm just trying to turn good leaf. But please, just to help... Bob Marley over there to help Cammy. Do not cross the celestial dragons. Please don't, or else an admiral and their fleet is going to be on you. It's like the one step below a buster call, basically, if you cross one of the nobles. And Luffy, being Luffy, walks up to the guy, double panel, beautiful punch to the face. Don't 
<laughs> Luffy going Luffy. <laughs> this is the best uh, punch in the series so far. I, oh, okay. So you think it's better than I think your yes. original vote was the Jaya punch. Yeah, Jaya Arc. because okay. because I think Bellamy deserved it the most up until Charlos, and who I will not I, call Saint Charlos. Charlos oh, deserved no. it more than anyone ever, and. Ooh, that punch. That punch I would was say, sweet. I would say Spandam would be the one person who deserves it more. But he got his back broken, so I'm fine. <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Everything that this guy did in this arc, but we saw, we didn't really mention it, but when Zoro encountered him earlier, before he was saved by Bonnie, he shot someone, the pirate that you mentioned, and then a nurse comes to try and save him or take him to the hospital, and he's like, ooh, she's looking kind of cute. You're my right. wife now. He takes this random nurse that comes right. to save someone. You're going to be the, my 18th wife of the year or some yeah, shit like and that. Yeah, her fiancé comes. Like, no, don't take her. Then he shoots the fiancé, too. Like, screw you. I'm taking her. And then his guards are like, sorry, you're his property now. You're his 13th wife. I hate Charlos <laughs> so much. <laughs> do, you th- do you think Oda is being too political with this arc? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't that like is, that. It. Is the question? <laughs> but I, I think. Absolutely, I think yes. this, this is, guy was an yeah, absolute scumbag. It is a absolute turning scumbag. point where Oda definitively shows, like, I do have opinions, and this work does have ideas that it's going to be expressing in the long run. I will about, definitely about say, important topics. You know, really I will definitely stuff. Yeah. So, in terms of biggest fucking assholes in the series, I would definitely give this guy a, a, a very safe second place because, for me personally, the bigger, worst characters are the ones who. You know, like, to Luffy's logic here, directly affect the Straw Hats, and, you know, Spandam mm-hmm. affected Robin directly. I, I'll actually counter with a little bit of Marine logic, where I'll say mm-hmm. at least Spandam is only a dick to pirates, whereas this guy can just be a dick to anyone in the world. And he I, is constantly to Spandam everyone. I Spandam would be a dick to anybody. He called a right. buster call on his own people and didn't, well, on accident, but he didn't really care if they died. Like, that was his morale. So I'm like, eh, he's, he's worse in my opinion still. But yeah. I, I think Spandam well, is a byproduct <laughs> of these guys. <laughs> you know? To me. Yeah, you could argue this, this quote-unquote saint was a byproduct of the system slash his family. So, eh, listen, we're comparing monsters here we're comparing demons mm-hmm. what counts is this guy got fucking punched in the and face now, now and that we're done also, with that i gotta i gotta send you that clip from the anime because that is a righteous punch <laughs> oh i i will i will watch that with glee it's also, a good one j- yeah i mentioned the jaya punch too after you brought up this is your favorite punch in the in the series so far is because that punch also had an indent left on his skull like this guy did and i will just like, i will give you great. something to look forward to <laughs> and say that I there was one more punch that will succeed mm. this for me, and it's yeah, well, one more. Cons- considering so there's 500 far. more chapters, I would hope there's at least one yeah. more very satisfying punch. But of course, he punches a noble. It's and of course not no. And this time, no straw hats like Nami or Usopp, the usual right the suspects that are going. What the hell are you doing? They're more like, eh, mm-hmm. well, it's Luffy. All right, time to throw down. Everyone, yeah. Even <laughs> Nami was like, he had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> also, let's not forget too. Luffy punched the son. Usopp, even if it was an accident, he butt-slammed the father right. through the yep. ceiling. So if there's... I hope this is... Again, we talk about consistency with like little moments like this. I really hope this causes Usopp's wanted level to go... Like, bounty level like, to go to a To the second higher. highest in the group. Yeah. Yeah. Even though... But then again, he wasn't wearing his mask. Oh, damn it, I don't know. He wasn't wearing his Soka King mask. So I don't know. They probably would have been like, right. oh, this he, random dude. Yeah. 
Might just think he or, was a random person. Or, oh, oh, oh. Or Soka King is still wanted, but then this new guy, Usopp, oh, he's wanted for 200 million berries. He trespassed on the noble by butt slamming <laughs> And then Usopp's going, what the hell? I can yeah, totally possible see that he like gets separate wanted posters as Usopp yeah, and like, Soka King. Yeah, Luffy's one level gets doubled purely because he punched the sun in the face and interrupted a uh, human resources gathering meeting, of course. Um, but I think we're also sidestepping probably the most significant new character to the arc. Oh, yeah, Rayleigh. Yeah, Ray so you're... Rayleigh. Is it Rayleigh or Riley? It is Rayleigh. It's okay, very okay. specifically... I'm, I'm almost certain that his name was in reference to uh, Rayleigh scattering. Which is like okay. a light-based effect, which kind of references the fact that, for reasons yet unexplained, he's able of touching Kizaru. Ah, okay, yeah. Because I know he has a very similar, uh... Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So you're talking about earlier best nicknames amongst the rookies, and I was kind of upset you Dark didn't say best King. nicknames. <laughs> the best nicknames yeah. of all the characters. I mean, Dark that's King like, that's a little hard act to follow. <laughs> this man is the vice captain of the Pirate King, or was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The yes. Dark King Rayleigh. So this random old dude that's that is posing as a possible person to be sold because eh, I just wanted to steal some money while I was here, maybe get some money, steal from the noble, get out of here. <laughs> My headcanon of that title is that he's, I, I assume Roger was incredibly strong to be able to, you know, basically, like, sail the whole world, New World, oh, etc. And I think that Dark King, it kind of strikes me as a Dark Horse kind of vibe, you know? Possibly. The, I kind of, the vibe I get from it is that he was very close to as strong as Roger, where his reputation was so high that people were saying that he probably could have become the Pirate King himself if he had tried. Funny how you mention that, because my theory for his name was because he had a very similar power, and by the way, this is a theory of mine, where I thought maybe he was related to Sanji, because they both had uh, very similar face scars, they had similar facial right. structure, and on top of that, they both have that similar pressure effect, right? Where if you're too weak, you get knocked out. I like to think he got the name Dark King because he forces everyone to bow to him. Well, the person we've seen do that was, wasn't Sanji, was, it was Luffy. No, Sanji did that in the beginning of this arc. No, 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 if you just walk... No, uh, Sanji, when he was talking to Whitebeard. Remember when he was just on oh, the boat? Oh, Shanks. Shanks, wait, wait, I said Sanji, sorry. I was like, God dude, Sanji's it. never done that, I, I promise but you. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. My apologies. So, my theory, no I meant to say Ray Rayleigh is related to Shanks, not Sanji. Sorry, okay, that's okay, a complete yes. fuck-up on and my And now that I, I kind of tossed it out there, now's a good time to talk about, Luffy did that in this arc. Remember in the very beginning of this arc, when that... The one significant thing, I guess, or really significant from the, the Flying Fish Rider section is this giant bull that's charging Luffy, and he's like, you don't, you don't want to do that. Stop. Then the, the bull is like, ooh, just passes out. He's like, yeah, I think he's right. I don't want to do that. And it passes mm -hmm. out, like, in the same way that Rayleigh does to these people. A little delayed, but yeah, he was able to talk to it first. Yeah, not quite as flashy when yeah. Luffy did it, but was same that, was that Was that kind of like what happened with the Cerberus back at Thriller Bark, where he just I, walked up to the dog? I would argue... Well, no, he he actually just kind of bodied the Cerberus, didn't he? Like after afterward, he did. Maybe because the dog didn't collapse or didn't listen or was mm -hmm. trying to be snappy. But yeah, that know. might have been uh, maybe a precursor, you know? Yeah, sorry. So whatever Man, this can, is, I'm I'm still can't, I can't believe I fucked up that naming process. Still, <laughs> I'm still oh, going back it's on that. Totally fine. There's Shanks and Sansa, uh, yeah. See, but yeah, people, yeah, I we and we also Shanks did other stuff too, which is interesting. Which like he split the ship and all that. We didn't get too far into it, but. 
Maybe when we yeah, have sorry. more ideas, yeah. we can. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, sorry. This is why, again, I need names written in front of me, because I will get mixed up. <laughs> There's but, a yeah, lot of characters in One Piece, too, so you can't be blamed for brain farting. But I mixed up him with Sanji. I guess because I was talking about Sanji earlier, and I was actually praising him. Um, okay, Sanji so, was great in this arc. Just throwing oh, that yeah, out Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, Silver's Dark King Riley, Rayleigh, sorry, is with the Straw Hats back at the bar. And they finally get to settle down, and we get huge plot dumps. We get oh, huge. Yeah. Most important notes I have on here, they're all in bold. <laughs> uh, so, you already mentioned it, where Rayleigh was the second, he was the first mate, basically second in command. Um, you could also argue maybe he got Dark King nicknamed Late, because he became the de facto leader of the right, larger pirates. Right, right. Maybe. Um, but I think he got that name later, I mean earlier. Anyway, he's confirmed to be the first mate. Uh, I thought we already knew this, but it's confirmed either way that Roger wasn't captured. He turned himself in intentionally to the Navy. Right. Confirmed I thought, here. We, I thought we knew this, but I think it was my old head cannon because I'm thinking like, no, Roger is too strong to be captured by the Navy. Yeah. I think a lot of quote. people kind of assumed, but here it's officially confirmed. Like, no, he was actually never captured. On top of that, he was terminally ill. They don't say what he was sick with. I don't think they did exactly. They but it, exp- it explains where and how uh, the doctor we met back at uh, Reverse Mountain, where he was part of the crew. That was his job, was to keep an eye on Roger. And, right, Crocus. Yep. And in three years, despite Roger being captain of a, being terminally ill, they conquer, the, ter- the key word here is conquer, the entire Grand Line in three years, and that means, and that's my my percent, my imagination is every island, every route. They find some way to go back. They find some way to conquer. At the very least, his reputation, right? Where Goldie mm-hmm. Roger and the Will of D is responsible for that, and he ordered the crew to disband, and then he made that famous opening proclamation. That's o- at the opening of One Piece of like, I go ahead and find it. Right, if you can find it, all the world's witches are yours, and that instead of the navy hoping to you know squash quash the piracy before it gets too large, Roger countered that and started the golden age of piracy. So one of these days, we're gonna have to take a break episode or one of these weeks and talk about just overarching theories and you know like what what now we might think the one piece is and all that you know everything up to this point. Do you think the troll guys behind it all? The one that looked like the troll doll stuck in the treasure chest. <laughs> I, I'm. I would say because I have been paying attention. I would convincingly say we have not been confirmed that Cthulhu was not on the ground line yet. So I'm still still waiting for oh, definitive I- confirmation that that's not a thing. You heard it here first, readers. He said the name first, not me. I'm just saying, <laughs> as of like when you presented, I said let's see if anything can solidly disprove that. As of yet, I would say no. Nothing can mm-hmm. solidly disprove that. Yeah, so Roger ordered his crew, his hard, badass veteran crew, to disband. So that tells me they are all alive, and they're scattered throughout the Grand Line, doing their own thing. This is the second member we've met now. We've met their doctor and their first mate. So yeah, it seems like they're around. Technically, we've met Sanji and Buggy. Remember, they did serve with the crew. They were like a... Okay, that's right. We didn't know that. Shanks, you said Sanji again. I, I fucking saying saying some fucking yeah. <laughs> God damn it! I started this. <laughs> they they so both funny. start with they both start with S and they yeah, have but an it's a like in a the different middle. S. It's like a S and a sh. You know. <laughs> Listen, my brain is 
weird, okay? <laughs> I, I, I understand I'm not blaming you, but it's fine. I blame Cthulhu. Um, so, yeah, he ordered the crew to disband, so that tells me we're going to see the rest of the crew throughout. We're going to see, like, their version of the sniper, their version of the swordsman, their version of a navigator, or something like along those right. lines. Uh, I think Rayleigh... I, I personally see a parallel, and I, I think it's kind of natural to draw the conclusion between him being the first mate of the Pirate King and then, like, Luffy and Zoro. Zoro. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean... How loyal he we is. We do see in the this end section here, right? Does he have a... Does Rayleigh wield a sword when he fights Kizaru? I, I thought he had a sword on his hip, so I would say I think he is, like, the swordsman of the Roger crew. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, When I think first mate, I just think the most loyal. Right, the person who is able to command the crew. Right, really strong. They don't necessarily have to be the strongest, right? Zoro is, like, the strongest. They don't necessarily have to. They just more like they have to be the the second in command, where, like, if the captain is, you know, sleeping or out of commission, the first mate is able to command the respect of the crew, as well as the captain, or close to. Um, That's how I always saw it, but in this case, it's probably also the second strongest of the crew. Um, We also get a fantastic moment where, I was wondering this, too, where I'm like, Hey, this is a person you know is part of Roger's crew. Can someone please ask any question at all? I was expecting what Usopp would do later, right? Do you, where is the One Piece, right? That question easily, right? But first, Robin, we get a callback. What is the will of D? And it's always a question that's been lingering over and over again. Haunting. Yeah, she's asking the question we really want to know. <laughs> that, that's definitely a question I want to know because she brings back up uh, the Poneglyph back on Skypea where it's like we have you know uh, Roger's initials in here what does it mean exactly and then Rayleigh gives a very cryptic and yet direct it's both where he goes I can't answer that question for you but if you go along the grand line like we did because you are a scholar of Ohara, you have actual first-hand experience and knowledge of how to yeah. translate these poneglyphs, you will get a different answer than us. Do you still want me to tell you? And Dude, with That a smi- is so intriguing. <laughs> yes, and then Robin with a smile goes, no thank you, I'll find out for myself. So that, tell me, that tells me that's good enough for her, because that tells me the answer is for sure out there. I just need to find it. Right, yeah. it gives her reassurance. I'm on the right path, and on top of that, it's revealed as well because Robin asks, like, "So how'd you guys translate it?" And then Rayleigh goes, "Well, we we're not scholars. Like, we are just pirates. We don't have Ohara professors with us." Roger has this amazing ability to. Where is it? I had it word for word. Don't he, even trip. I got hear the voice of all things. I just found it, yep. Hear the voices of all things in the world. And I'm pulling my face going, what does that mean? Welcome to the club. (laughs) Is Goldie Roger the fucking avatar? (laughs) He's the the bridge between the spiritual and physical world? And he can just understand everything? (laughs) I mean, first off, that definitely gives him an edge, so he can definitely understand, be the the excellent diplomat if he wanted to choose to be. Mm -hmm. But that also includes objects that includes like yeah just the impression we get is that he can understand what is on a poneglyph without being able to read it actually but according to Rayleigh it's not word for word the exact translation which is why he told right. Robin 
look for yourself, that's probably the clearer, closer answer. What Roger got was probably a spiritual slash emotional answer from the Poneglyph rather than a literal, you know, instructions or the blank slate of what happened 100 years ago. So even though Rayleigh and the crew, Roger's crew, know what happened, he's probably, he's been admitting that, well, we're biased because we got it from Roger's perspective. So you, as a scholar, will probably have the best, un- or, you know, the best raw perspective of the messages from that ancient kingdom that existed long ago. I yeah. want to know what happened, goddammit. Yeah. And, like, again, what he says about, like, he said you guys might come to a different conclusion than what we came to is just yeah. so enticing. And it's like, God damn you, Oda, you know what we're dying to know what happened like, in the Void Century. Again, 500 chapters in, and it feels like we're still in a prologue. <laughs> now, yeah, now it seems like there's potentially some level of interpretation to what happened, you know? And, like, whether what happened was, you know, quote-unquote, morally right or and, wrong, and et that, cetera, et and cetera. That's absol- and that is absolutely true. That's a uh, that's always a moral uh, issue with historians and archaeologists. 100%. Where it's like, yep. where it's my, what's your personal perspective from your own culture and how you discern... Um, ancient findings, ancient writings of another civilization with your own literal objective knowledge as well, how to translate. And then you bring in someone else and they can come to completely different conclusions with maybe similar means, right? Or a similar end. Yeah. But it's completely up for biased interpretation. So that's why it's never really a right or wrong answer. But the point is to publicize those findings, that knowledge, so that we can get a overall gathering and combine our theories. And Rayleigh, Rayleigh is very open to that, where he's like, honestly, I want you to find it for yourself. And he's, you know, he's smiling about it. He's proud that Robin went with that route, where he's like, all right, I have faith in you guys. Hopefully yeah. you guys can come for your own inclusion. I need to know. <laughs> and we mentioned it. I do want to say, like, you said that Usopp did ask, like, hey, is the One Piece real? Exactly. Big shout and then, out to Luffy <laughs> for that. Yeah. Yeah. Luffy just goes, I don't want to be a goddamn pirate. If I have the spoilers, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I don't not... want a map where X marks the spot. I want to go find it. I want to know if it, I don't want to know if it even exists. I want to, you know, just look and mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's I, adventuring. Yeah. He's an adventurer. And that's so Luffy. Mm-hmm. And then Rayleigh clarifies it too, where he's like, so you monkey D Luffy, or do you also wish to, again, he uses the word conquer here. Do you also wish to conquer the grand line? And then Luffy goes, no, I want to be the king of pirates. The king of pirates is whoever is the most free. That's his mm-hmm. definition. Hits his own right. path. It's That's a, one of the best Luffy identity. quotes. I absolutely. It's whoever is the most free. That's his definition of. Like, a I don't. I don't want to conquer anything. I just want to be free. In the nutshell, yeah, exactly. You know? And my version of that is obviously to go from island to island and kicking ass because people want to tell me what to do. Kind of thing. That's yeah. how I prove I am free. But I'm not going to conquer every island. Kind of thing. Both Riley and the bartender. Uh, bartender, we haven't said yet, is also a former pirate. I don't think they said she was a part of the crew either, of Roger's they, crew. I think she was just a big-time pirate. Yeah, she's just a big-time confirmed pirate, but she wasn't a um, part of Roger's crew. But Yeah, way, I, I assume impressed. if she was on Roger's crew, she probably would have mentioned it there. You know, when Rayleigh was like, I was on the Pirate King's crew, she probably would have been like, me too. Yeah, but... Or yeah. or Oda would have had, uh, had it shown via, like, a panel off-screen right. where they walk away like he did with uh the doctor back at reverse mountain yeah yeah um yeah. or you know or you know he loves to do that when the straw hats leave and then the old people on the island go oh by the way how is gold d roger and i'm just like kira back from my island hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of big but yeah so that wraps that up um 
I think what's incredibly important here, which is, I think we'll bring this up at the very end of the episode, where all those Straw Hats get their own uh, Vivre card, their own little, those white blank cards. Right, yeah. So they can find each other in one way or another. But they originally were doing it because... Well, they got, it was Rayleigh's Vivre card, right? Right, but they can yeah. still find... Yeah, they can spot. all meet up together if they, you know, go to Rayleigh. Yeah, because we have to remember, Luffy kind of punched the noble, and the nobles were like... Yeah, I would say, based on no. what we've seen in this arc, <laughs> that's a pretty safe meeting place. Yeah. <laughs> meeting at Rayleigh. Yeah, meeting with Rayleigh back at the ship, after he's coded, it'll take about three days. And I also get a little worried here, too, because they go, okay, we have to kill time, meet back in three days, we're going to split up, and that way, once Rayleigh's done, we continue our journey to Fishman Island... And I'm going, there's like five chapters left. What's yeah. going to go? What's yeah. going to happen? Because are you going to, okay, so that's all I was thinking, right? I was thinking, are you going to just speed through like each chapter like it's one day? And it's just like, oh, here are, here's this third of the Straw Hats, right? They get a little, they, maybe they fight like one of the rookie pirates, aka, you know, like maybe like it's Capone or whatever. And then, okay, those three are done. And then next, I was thinking something like that, right? Like a, a fast forward. Or right, right. maybe it was just going to end, and then the next arc was going to be the three day survival. I don't know, but right. my my you know my brain was like, huh? you know, I was just like questioning everything going yeah, on. Yeah, it could have just turned into a battle royale for three days where they're <laughs> surviving on the island. Yeah, with and, all that, the other and super- that would have actually been kind of hype. Yeah, it would have been like, yeah, that's your mini arc before Fishman Island. That's a possibility I had in my head. Where it's like that would have been a arc. very interesting arc where they're like the whole point of it is just to survive long enough survive. to escape. Yeah, and every crew is in the same situation, right? Would have mm-hmm. made sense if you have all yep. the supernovas there, all stuck, all in hiding, because all their ships are getting coded, presumably yep. as well. Nami and Frankie versus, uh, you know, Trafalgar, and then we have Luffy and Zoro versus uh, Kid, and maybe a piece of the Admiral. I don't know, but but let's put on the brakes here. We know what happens, and we get a return of what seems to be Kuma the Tyrant. Yes. He's back, and he's going. All right, I got yelled at by uh, the head, a high admiral. He yelled at me, so I'm gonna finish the job. <laughs> and he's accompanied by uh, a sumo wrestler kind of character. I really didn't care for that character much. Sin- they didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. They didn't do too much this arc. Big axe wielding guy who does not yeah. wish to be identified by his big axe. Nope, and yet he carries it everywhere. Um, <laughs> so. The Straw Hats reconvene, right? It's not, it hasn't even been one day yet, but they kind of reconvene because they've been running and uh, doing their own deal. And then we run, they all team up, right? We get a similar, like, team t- uh, team tag combo right. against what is seemingly Kuma. Oh, yeah, continue. I'm at the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And while this is going on, we have the other pirates trying to deal with uh, uh, Kizaru. Kiz- yes, Kizaru. Kizaru. Uh, with even Rayleigh showing up at 1.2 when Kizaru gets too close to the Straw Hats. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a, a foreshadowing. Don't get too caught up on the Admiral code names because they are code names. Okay. You know, they're not like, the real names. I always, That's I why it's so that. confusing for me because they have they all have code names and then eventually and you'll names. learn their real names. I, just, then I remember like, their faces. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember their faces and their powers. Uh... Uh, Oshiki or Okiji is like the one I remember for sure because he's the one with the closest relation to any of the Straw Hats via Robin. Right. So, and the other ones at this point, I'm like, okay, this is the GTA guy. All right, cool. <laughs> um, or the Yakuza guy, whatever you want to say. 
but then they we get this amazing beatdown where yeah this kuma this it looks like kuma is a huge threat and he's doing so much and he's able to it, he almost beats down zoro right yeah. where it's so close where you have like a freak out moment where it's like okay i know plot armor is very strong this is before the last two chapters plot armor is very strong so okay but this is actually getting real close here but the whole time they've been going like this he's he seems a little different the, the yeah. it isn't it isn't seeming like he's retracting or bending light he's these are just energy beams like he's just doing kamehameha's at this point you know what i i liked about this scene a lot in particular is that mm-hmm. it because as we mentioned in thriller bark which was our last arc mm-hmm. for the first time in that arc we really got to see a full group of straw hats do a team fight you know, if you yeah. will, like all mm-hmm. of them together, kind of comboing when they were fighting against Ors. And we we saw there that their combined destructive power as a crew is is actually insane. Right. Yeah. And then now, right after that, we're seeing granted Zora was weaker than he was, as explained. But yeah, all of their yet. combined might is just almost 100 percent ineffective here. Just one arc later. And yeah. I like the juxtaposition of those those two team fights. Yep, a very good explanation of the or a showcase of the power gap where you're at the halfway point, but we're not kidding around when we say the new world is untamed. The new world, and these are this is one of the warlords, right? They're trusted to go along the grand line because they're this powerful. On top of that, that's not even the real Kuma. The the real Kuma yeah. that we now know for sure carries around a Bible. <laughs> right. And we get to see face to face where the real Kuma shows up and he looks at a clone. Because again, Kuma is a cyborg. We or at least or robot. I think it's a cyborg. Right. But they were fighting a robot, a clone of Kuma, another experiment of the government. And then as the straw hats are all incredibly weakened, tired, Rayleigh's distracted. He's trying to hold back one of the admirals. One by one. First, it's Zoro. The end of the chapter is literally... I, what was the title of the second to last chapter? Wasn't it like Zoro unable to rescue or something? It was super on the nose, but I thought, you know, they're not going to do the Dragon Ball Z route, right? They're not going to be like, tune in next week to Frieza defeated. Like, they're not going to do that, right? <laughs> right. Oh, it's Zoro gone. That's the name of the, the chapter. Zoro gone. There you go. So yeah, I thought... Aptly named chapter. Yeah, so I thought, there's no way, right? There's no way, right? There's no exclamation point. <laughs> Zoro gone. It's not even that. It's no, Zoro I mean, gone. Could, yeah, that could have been a very sober death. <laughs> yeah, so 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 for clarification, for for the few people who aren't reading, aren't watching, but are just listening in and have no context, Kuma does the teleportation slap thing with a paw. He slaps Zoro and he's gone. We don't know where. And we joked about this last arc about, you know, that girl, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Sorry, her <laughs> Perona. Pete? Perona. She's probably floating in space dead. So now here I'm going, oh my God, Zoro could be in space dead. <laughs> so yeah. I'm freaking out going, holy shit. And rightfully so. I don't think we have seen Luffy this freaked out since Barate when Zoro was also getting sliced up by Hawkeye. When he was like, you know, really fucking freaked out, getting angered, mm-hmm. sad, like the rush of emotions, right? The adrenaline's pumping through. But we had our little, like I mentioned here, uh, reigns of Castamere, Red Wedding. One by one, 
Brooke's gone. Frankie's gone. Chopper's gone. The Chopper went full Hulk mode again a second time. It did nothing. He's gone. Usopp's gone. Nami's gone. Robin's gone. Sanji's gone. And Luffy, first, one by one, Luffy is, looks like he's like mentally breaking down. Or at least his version, yeah. right? Where he's like, "There, I lost my crew. I lost everyone. And then Kuma does his line to Luffy again. We will not meet again. That's it. They're and gone. man, that final chapter is is a great, great chapter. It's I was, full of just frantic energy. They're, like, struggling, trying to, you know, outpace this or escape and just survive this encounter. And it's just so desperate and hopeless. And Luffy's just, as you said, he's cracking and losing it as they're just failing completely to avoid Kuma as he erases them all, potentially, is what it looks like, you know, from mm -hmm. Luffy's perspective. Just erases his entire crew one by one. And then at the end, he, just, he literally breaks down and he no longer has the will to even defend himself at that point or he couldn't at that point he was so exhausted like again they were they just they failed to barely try and put up a fight against the robot and then the, here comes in the um the real one just cleaning up the job right sweeping it up and yeah like just <laughs> all the theories i was ha i was having of where could the next arc go are we going to go you know are we going to have our tournament arc like i mentioned are we going to have a sur mini survival arc are we going to have fishman island next no, motherfucker. I don't know where we're going now. <laughs> could be anywhere. Could be all the way back in East Blue on Don Island. Could be in a new sea. Could be in the new world. Could yeah. be anywhere. Could be a so, dead. Could be in a, new, a new character's next chapter. Don't know. And so in an alternate universe, ladies and gentlemen, be thankful you're in this one as shitty as it is. This could have been the actual end to One Piece if Oda's like, all right, I got canceled, guys. I'm just going to end it right here, guys. I showed you Kuma can teleport people. Just... All right, cleaned up. Sorry, I got canceled. <laughs> yeah. People make and, jokes about that, like, "Oh, great, you finally get to the real protagonist of One Piece next chapter." You know, like it's a yeah. I was I was just gonna say, fucking Doofy shows up next chapter. Doofy, <laughs> yep. Doofy, and the hats of straw sailing the sailing the seas, and I'm just like, "All right, sure." <laughs> We're just not gonna <laughs> talk about what happened to the straw hats. Like, oh. Also, by the way, poor fucking Brooke. He just joins the crew after 50-year hiatus. Yeah. And then he's gone again. Separated again. Yeah, that is right. Um, so, okay, real talk theories. I, I, don't, I always say Reigns of Castamere, Red Wedding, as if... And that's super dark. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, it's much darker variant. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're dead. I'm pretty damn Man. sure they're not dead. However... That's a safe assumption. Let's be... Let's be, let's be real here. However... There's still a real chance that they're all in trouble because they're all separated. What makes the Straw Hats strongest is when they're together. They're ta they're tagging, right? They're t tagging. And gold. that's been like a very central focus in the last few arcs. And he's lobby thriller barn, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But the reason also why, besides of uh, fourth wall reasons, let's be honest, the series is still going. But even if I was in the moment, right, I didn't have thousand plus chapters total spoiling me hey by the way they might be okay um or you know maybe not okay but you know they come back but we get the 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 viveric am i saying that right the viveric cards yeah, viver card yeah the viver, viver cards whatever viver cards yeah so that tells me okay so they're gonna meet up together but my concern is how the whole thing is each of those straw hats are strong but they're too weak on their own 
whether it's sailing the seas, whether it's in a fight, because they all cover each other's weaknesses, right? Like, when they're on the yeah. ship, Nami's the strongest one because she's the one able to navigate through the storms, able to go through the bullshit. When they're on land, Luffy and Zoro are the strongest because they have the brute force. You have all the other supports doing their own thing. But when they're separated like this, and God knows where they are. For all I know, uh, Kuma sent them, like, to one island, like, either beyond the red line or, like, one island back. Like, maybe they one of them goes back to an island close to Thriller Bark, maybe. Yeah, or also, like we like don't that. even know if they are separated. We don't know if they're separated. They that are sent to the same place. If they got sent in groups, we know nothing. Although I will, I will, I will theorize. I don't think they're together because it's Kuma. I don't think he's uh, merciful enough to send them together in pairs. Mm. Then again, I don't know how his power works. I don't know if his statement of like, "Where would you wish to be right now?" I don't know if that's intentional or if he's just like, like you know, like a fear factor kind of thing before right. you teleported somewhere entirely different. I don't know. We don't. I don't know if he has actual power control over his power. I don't know. Right. But regardless, what could happen next arc? is for all we know luffy is back at reverse mountain for all we know <laughs> right maybe maybe luffy teleports to fishman island but everyone else is gone or the next arc could focus on i don't know maybe just brooke because he's a new character i don't know i don't know at this point i really don't know all my theories are out the window <laughs> but i am super excited regardless nice yeah it was a very fun arc absolutely and very fun in the beginning, especially. Still pretty fun. We get, like, pretty good action scene, which we kind of just lost over with the the three strongest supernovas, Luffy, Kid, and... Or, well, three highest bounty supernovas, Luffy, yeah. Kid, and Law, which was fun. Law's powers are very weird. We see. Cut off the dudes, you know, cutting off heads and limbs, but they still work. Yeah, I, I, ca pain. I call... Yeah, Trafalgar's, uh, or Law's power, I would say, is a reverse chop-chop. It's Buggy's power, but instead of him For doing other the people, splitting... Yeah. yeah, he puts around a bubble and everyone else is chopped up. Because interesting, he's like... Buggy, he I wonder if Buggy is just, like, the worst matchup for him. Like, cuts <laughs> exactly. off his head, his arms, and Buggy just brings him back, like, oh, nice try. Still or if good. anything, if anything, Buggy would look at him and go, what the fuck? Why didn't I get that fruit? Why didn't I get my fruit? Right. That version looks better than mine. Or I mean, it's like definitely that. a better version, but yeah. Buggy would be jealous. He's, a, he's definitely the jealous. But I get, I, get, uh, I get Luffy versus Eneru vibes there, you know? You can keep on slicing them up, but if he can just keep on reforming himself, <laughs> I don't think he can just, beat him. Just maybe. But... Yeah, I really have no fucking clue where the series is going at this point. Because I thought we were going to get Fishman Island this arc. And then I yeah. thought, maybe... You thought arc. Fishman Island at first was after Post-Eddie's Lobby. You're like, I'm sure of it. We're going to Fishman Island. <laughs> and then we're going to Thriller you, Park. Yeah. And then and you're then like, you, now we're going to Fishman Island. And I was like, we'll see. We'll see if I, we're going to Fishman and I Island. Def and I definitely thought Fishman Island again. Because, again, we got, like, the Fishman... You know, we got the world building of, like, oh, these guys are basically the minorities of the real world. Where they're constantly underrepresented. They're constantly... Uh, part of like the worst part of the status quo okay we're getting some world building going on here we even got hot chat again we got the mermaid all right cool yep. gone just i guess you could say thanos snapped too i guess would that be closer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's close. either way both reigns of castamir and the thanos snap are darker because that implies death whereas in this case for all we know they're still alive i i personally believe they are all still alive however I don't know how what's going to happen next. I don't know how they're going to be reunited. It's probably going to be a long journey. I don't know. For all I know, they get back together at chapter 900. I don't fucking know. 
Uh, that, yeah, you don't. You really don't. It could be a mm. 500 solo chapter, solo adventure for you know yeah. for Luffy trying to find his crew members. Yeah, like for the like next solo chapters. Yeah, like a solo like one on one like where this solo arc is all Luffy. This solo arc is all Zoro. This solo arc is all Sanji. Uh, it could have been like that. Um, but regardless, I think the most realistic I guess would be Luffy because he's you know the star. And I think that's a good timing for that, because it's been a while since we had a good focus on our main character, Luffy. He has his yeah. good heroic personal moments, but I think we need some characterization for Luffy. I think it wouldn't hurt right now. So that could potentially be it, too. Who knows? Okay. So anything else you want to say about the this week's discussion, the art? Uh, has anyone written a Reigns of Castamere remix of this moment here as if it was the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, yes, now the Reigns weep o'er their ship, not a soul mm-hmm. with Toddy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Toddy, by the way, being a drink. Who knows? Okay. But All right. So I got nothing. Yeah. So if people wanted to, you know, talk to you about a little bit of One Piece, but with no spoilers past this point, please, where could they chat you up? Uh, yeah, if you want to share with me your favorite arc so far, for example, I'm always curious about that, because I'm always mixed up of, like, what's my top five arcs? I think I have them down, but it's always, like, a mixed bag. But if you want to share me your favorite arcs, you can contact me on at Jacob Moran on Twitter, maybe your favorite characters as well. Convince me that Sanji is actually the best character of the Straw Hats, and I'm going, <laughs> dude, I don't hate Sanji. I just have to tolerate him more than the others. But he has arcs like this, where I'm going, you know what? I'm happy for the dude. I'm happy convince me without spoilers of course well, yeah i do want to say we mentioned sanji had a really good showing in this arc and i will i'd stand by that the in the end scene when him and zoro he's like he agrees to protect like usopp and certain people but he kind of breaks away to try to protect zoro it's, it's anyway not enough. It's i just not you enough. know zoro here great sanji here great it was all all great oh yeah they, they're all great i think no one, no one was weak this arc i think maybe you could argue usopp was kind of sidelined in this arc yeah. i guess but because he didn't have but he still butt slammed the father, so that's good too. enough for me. Chopper was getting really desperate. He immediately, like, I assume he just threw three rumble balls into his mouth at once to try to fight off the pacifista. Okay, if I, if I were in Chopper's shoes, Kuma. I would be, if I was in Chopper's shoes, I would be desperate too. If you saw, yeah. like, because at that point, Brooke was already uh, snapped away, so was Zoro. So at that point, it's like, okay, I get it. I got to go Hulk mode now, or everyone else is going to be gone or dead or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, where can they find you, Justin? I don't want to linger on this too much. <laughs> so you can find me at Twitter on Jitsu, or at Jitsu, sorry, J-I-T-S-Z-U. I mostly just post kind of random anime shower thoughts or random thoughts, sometimes GIFs and One Piece stuff. So please follow me on there. Occasional clips of whatever you're playing on the Switch. Right, I do post the clips when I get some uh, some sauce on Switch. Right now I've been playing Pokemon Unite. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Very fun. Oh! completely sidelined. I'm so sorry this is a tangent. I'm replaying Civ 6 and I built the Venetian Arsenal, which is a callback, or <laughs> Water 7 was a callback to that, and I was so happy I renamed the city to Water 7. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. So, everyone, for next week, we're going to be reading the Amazon Lily art, which is going to covers from starting in chapter 514 up to 524, so just 11 chapters this week. We get a we get a little breather. Wow, straight up, that sounds like one of our theories of like possibly a solo arc for each character, like ten, ar- <laughs> ten yeah, chapters you, you in, in Am- Amazon Lily. Yes. And I'm thinking like, you know what, this is probably Luffy in the Amazon. That's my guess. 
That's my guess. Okay. We will see. So one more time next week, Amazon Lily, chapter 514, then read to the end of 524. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you then. Later. But wait, it's Justin from the future here to quickly inform listeners that we actually decided to combine Amazon Lily and Impel Down into probably one long episode that will likely air two weeks from the post date of this episode. So to anyone actually reading along with us, feel free to continue reading forward just as long as you don't pass chapter 549. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you then. (laughs) 